This is NRL Boom Rookies. Hello everyone and welcome to another episode of Boom Rookies. I am Matt Bungard and alongside with me, as always, Mitch Doyle. Hello. Good day, everybody. And this is the first of our 16 team-by-team season previews, as we did last year. We're back, and we've doubled the number of Mitches. Mitch Clark joins us from the Cumberland Throw to talk about his beloved, and now my beloved, Parramatta Eels. Welcome, Mitch. Hello, everyone. Thank you, gentlemen. Great to be here. Yeah, so a lot of these will be coming out like a few days after we record them, because we'll be rolling them out whenever, you know, we did it last year. But this one is being recorded... uh, few hours after Parramatta's debut NRLW performance, Mitchell. So uh, given that it's going to come out on Monday and we won't be doing like a normal weekly show this week, a couple of minutes on, on, on the eel, on the wheels performance today. I thought they were really good. I thought if they could hold onto the ball, they would have probably scored six or seven tries. Yeah, that's exactly what I was saying to uh, Doyle before uh, we recorded, um, was that, you know, we really should have put five or six uh, tries on them. Look at me already saying we uh, for our Eels girls. Uh, they're part of the family. Uh, and yeah, it was actually just really great and a little bit inspiring to see the um, yeah girls get out there in eels colours, and they just felt like they've always been part of us. Um, you know that they, they'll rue some missed opportunities, and um, but overall, I watched all three games, and I thought the quality uh, yeah. just increases year on year. Passing Again, is much better, and uh, the big hits are always there. Obviously, apart from the handling errors, I thought I agree completely. There was a shitload of drop ball today, but other than that, um, yeah, Mitch, your it's team's like going to win the your team's, game. Really, your team's yeah. going to win the comp. Right. Right. No, my, my, my team. No, his you got to call. You got to call me Doyle. Oh, on this fucking one. hell! There's two Mitches. Okay. There's two Mitches. Uh, uh, Mitch Doyle, your team is going to. I, yeah, the I, think I want them to set really dumb records so that in 20 years it'd be like, oh, the Broncos won it when it was four teams. I don't give a fuck. They count like your dumb ones count. I want the Broncos to uh, win like <laughs> the first 11 in a row, and we'll act like in 30 years time when I'm old, we'll act like it's real, like they count for some reason. When they're they 16 women's team. Was one of South premierships like it was a forfeit and then South turned up and then claimed the victory? Is that so? Well, y- yeah, that, I mean, okay, you could take that one off us, which you won't, but we still have more than everybody else. So it's fine. Um, <laughs> you can't take it off of mate. You can't. You can't. Flag, flags fly forever. So, uh, yeah, look, I, I actually, overall, I really... I really enjoyed the game today. Brisbane looked absolutely ominous, but um, shout, to Paramount, shout out Bo Betty Walsh. She was, I think, the, the player of the round for me. Like, I didn't see all of Titans Dragons. I was at a birthday lunch for the first half of that, but from the f- two and a half games I saw, I thought she was the best player I saw. She was really, really impressive, in my opinion, when I watched her play for the Dragons and the Roosters in the past. And now she's got a great chance, I think, to kind of make this her team, if you like. And um, yeah. I did like, by the way, from the Eel Socials, they. Had some of the girls I saw know, that. read out the pronunciation yeah, yeah. of their name, which it's I thought good. was fantastic. Also, it's like legitimately they should do that for the men because it it's not even that we have to guess. Very often we'll have a guy play like three years of his career and then the one day we'll go, oh, that's not how his name was said. Hey, David Farlogo like, was Far Logo for like six years. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, like, just get the, but it's just a funny mentality how different it is. Like we promote the clubs are a bit more open with the, the female players than they are with the men, huh? There's not a protectionist. Yeah. Shout, shout, out Maddie, shout out Maddie Stubborn, by the way, after the game getting interviewed. She was like, Oh, yeah, I told the I we knew you had to go to the big guys. I told the girls to block for me. I'm like, Maddie, you're saying the you're saying the quiet part loud. Just, just she can say, say that, mate. No, one the, no one from the Telegraph is watching, so it's fine. Oh, she can say fair that. point. Very fair point. <laughs> uh, side note, Emma Tonegato from the Dragons. She's my tip for uh, most impressive player on day one. She was unbelievable. She's come over from Rugby Sevens. Yeah, she, oh, she, she was really she good was unbelievable today. She looked like yeah. she was gonna break the line almost every time she ran the ball. 
There you go. I, I, I was sad seeing Charlotte Catholic in the stands not playing. That yeah, what happened there? Sorry, she's, just just not, she's just too much. It's just schedule conflicts and shit. I don't know. Yeah, yeah. So, well, there's other ones like. I really like Caitlin Moran, if you remember her. It's really good early. early yeah, yeah, on. yeah. I remember her. She just isn't in a team. Don't know That's why. Weird. Like she she played she in played the for Queensland. Australia like three years ago. Yeah, and she did an ACL after that. But yeah, I remember 25, that. Twenty-five, yeah. and she's playing in the QRLW, you know, Queensland rugby yeah, yeah. version. I don't know if she's not doing it like by choice or something, but she's in no team, and it's like yeah. The so you know that report, stuff happens, right? The just, news isn't very good in the women's game. This doesn't happen in the men's game. Like it's so weird. Like remember. Remember um, Tamika Upton, they like they threw in it full back in the grand final in 2019. They sacked Chelsea Baker like on the morning of the grand final. And yeah. that was like, Chelsea Baker played for or- Origin that year and played for Australia the year before. That was, Chelsea Baker never played in the NRLW again. And now she's retired. Like, isn't that crazy it's, that this can happen? Like, it's wild. Well, but then also we have 40-year-old props running around the NRLW. That is true. Time. I love that it. so much. It's so <laughs> good. How good. Let's talk um, about the eels, though. Not the all right, let's 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 jump into the the, the yeah the, the eels men's team. Um, last season finished just like every other season in terms of like where you ended. But yeah. I will say, I thought you played really well. Get in that. No, no, I, I no, like the eels, it's but, I, but I thought they played really well in that Penrith game. A couple of things go their way; they could maybe win that game. I thought Mitch Moses was very very good in the last month or so of the season. Yeah, um, it's a, it's and, and I guess universe if we win that game like it's Reed Marnie is the difference like I know he was clearly yeah. injured it's Ray Stone dropping a couple of balls and, and passing a ball on a chest away from being a and, and, a, trainer, and a trainer stopping the game <laughs> when you're oh when you're yeah no, I didn't get as um, angry at that as a lot of other people did but no yeah but like it's it's I thought it was a little bit different because whereas in previous years when you've gone out in the second round like Souths put a score on you I know you're winning that game but Souths ran away with that game the year before Melbourne put a score on you whereas you played really really well in that game against Penrith and I think that in a lot of ways like especially with the guys you've got leaving this does kind of feel and you'll probably just sign some guys to replace Papali and, and Marnie and they'll be all right but like it does feel a little bit like this is kind of like the last dance for this current crop of Parramatta players. Yeah, and I don't mind that being the feel. I think we do need uh, a little bit of a, you know, a full stop on this this run. Not that I think that in 2023 will be um, terrible. I still think we'll be very much top eight, top four, depending on how well we go this year or in the conversation. But this year is very much a big, um, yeah, there's an exclamation mark, I guess, on this year in regards to, yeah, the players leaving, uh, a couple of players probably hitting their prime and, and starting to look downhill. Like, I, I don't know what happens with Brian Madison after this year. Um, you know, uh, we've signed players, I think, for a good amount of time. I think we're in a good spot. And it's unfortunate that we lost a couple of really yeah, good players. that's unfortunate. I, I will say, though, like, in terms of squad turnover, you guys, I think, did, a, like, you're a better place than anyone for this season, 2022. Yeah, yeah. Like, you, you, that did, was a ladder you, you lost you lost Blake Ferguson and you signed Bailey Simonson, and that's pretty much pretty it. Like, you, much Keegan, Keegan, Keegan hipgrave has gone and a couple of, I guess you lost Will Smith, but, like, yeah, it, it was, you did a good job of keeping your entire team together pretty much. And that's often an underrated part of the whole, you know, recruitment process is getting a good team, a team that, Proved last year they can win against good teams. Like they they beat they beat Penrith. They should have beaten them again when Mitch Moses missed that goal. They could have beat beaten twice. They beat Melbourne twice. They could have won that semi final. Um, and you've got all those guys back, and you'll lose some of them in twenty twenty three, sure. But for this year, you, you got them all. So I yeah, don't know. Like, I think 
Who's old mate from Rugby Union who does a lot of rugby league analysis? Uh, Doyle, Ben... Ben Darwin, the cohesion Darwin, He speaks about the importance of squad consistency mm-hmm. and puts it well above, you know, acquisition of star players and things like that. So if that theory proves true, you'd think Parramatta are in a very, very good spot. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I, I completely agree. I, I often find, and I'm not trying to take shots at Ben Darwin, it's just a piece of the pie. I often yeah. find that a little overrated because, like, it's always skewed towards good teams because when the team's good, they keep the good team together. Yep. And it's it keeps rolling. Point. And it's so it's like, it's always like the, Bron- the Broncos are the, for like 15 years with number one in that. But it's like, well, yeah, of course we kept the most of the good players and then we turned over the rest of them. Same with the Storm Eels. So it's sometimes it's, it's overrated a little, but I do think in the Eels instance, it's accurate because they've just got slightly better every year, this group together. They yeah, got better and, look, and better. I'm, I'm going to go into bat for Brad Arthur. Look, many people would have said he shouldn't be there right now, but I think where the team is at and assuming they achieve as well as we anticipate they should this year, look, I think it justifies people sticking with BA. We went through some obviously pretty rubbish times. 2018, you've just absolute disgraceful year. Mm-hmm. But other than that, I think 19, 20, 21, it sort of builds and looks pretty good on BA's resume, but this is the point now where we've pushed as far as you can go without making week three, for goodness sake. Uh, and if you don't make week three this year, not that it's a blip on on BA himself, um, but this is the year that we need to put it all together. Yeah, it's been a weird off-season because people have like conflated and confused when you guys losing players for next year that meaning you'll be shit this year. Yeah. It's, I've seen heaps of people like writing you off and it's like, guys, like, do you know how calendars work? Like, look at the look at the year. Look Do you know the how the NRL yeah, contract system works? It's 18 yeah. months out, guys. Get with the program, yeah. And whilst a lot of those losses suck, they could be could all be made up for by next season. It's time to figure it out. Reed Marnie, I don't think he can really fix that with, with Josh Hodgson, but a lot of the other ones are probably have time to, to fix those acquisitions up. But you've kept a lot of the squad together. I think the injuries to Dunstar and, and Sevo are going to be a, a bit of a hamper on the start of the season and you tell me if you think it or not, but I think what Sean Russell and Bailey Simonson will likely be the wing round one. Yep. Maybe they get Asako or somebody like that in. I think that's going to hurt a little bit because it is so good at the yardage game. You guys have been for so long and it's going to be interesting how you recover with that difference. from. from and we your really rely on that winger yardage. Like Gutho is not mm. Latrell Mitchell in that he can just bust players out of the way, a bigger fullback. He uh, yeah. very much relies on a bit of evasiveness, a bit of ball playing, and that doesn't necessarily work inside your own 20. Um, so, look, Sean Russell, Bailey Simonson, big body, but I'm just not sure that the the strength is as... I don't know if he's as strong in regards to carries as he as he looks. He's a big unit, yeah. but he's not punching guys out of the way. So uh, that's certainly a, a question mark over power. With that said, I'm not sure Hayes Dunster was the guy doing that for us anyway. Yeah, yeah um, I just feel like it's... um If that's your biggest problem going into a season, that you've got lost some yardage from your wingers. You're in a pretty mm. good spot. And that for me, for Parramatta is like the biggest change from last year. Like your forward pack is still really good. Yeah. Your spine's still really good. And like you I still look, have I, I was looking problems. at trying to put together a 17 and you know what the first sort of one through 10 just sort of writes itself. Sean Russell gets himself a wing spot. I imagine they did look at, I don't know how closely you watch the trials, but it was time they pushed Dylan Brown to center. I don't know if you saw that. And why Blake to the wing? Um, it was bizarro world, but it was something BA spoke about pre-game and everyone sort of stood up and took notice. Um, and I think we put two or three tries on while that combination was out there, for what it's worth. Um, 
So I think they're trying to figure out, okay, if Sean Russell doesn't work out or Sean Russell gets injured before Sebo comes back, like what are our options? Um, yeah. So that was, an, that was an interesting look. But, yeah, look, our forward pack is still as good as it was last year. And I think as last year it was one of the best um, meterage forward packs in the NRL. So, you know, if we lose um, meterage in the first couple of tackles, hopefully the, the forwards can step up and get us out of a hole. And just yeah. throw it to Murata Nakore if you get in trouble, I guess. And I really liked they played Ryan Madison at lock. I really oh, liked I that. I love it. And actually, I copped crap from someone's burner account today uh, on Twitter that. <laughs> uh, about that. Um, that, yeah, Madison, I, I think he's got to be a 13. I don't think he's lateral enough um, for the edges. Uh, and he just looks so much better. His offload works better in the middle. Um, I just I just think he gets more aggressive and he looks less. I hope he doesn't mind me saying this. Not that he'll listen. No offence. Um, but he just looks like he's less afraid of that contact when he's playing with the big boys in the middle um, mm. than maybe a, yeah, a quicker edge I'm forward a, taking in a, head knock. I'll go to the grave thinking his best football was the time he spent at lock at the Roosters and the same at the Tigers. And both times he had the shits. Yep. But I don't think the Eels really care anymore if he has the shits. You know, it's it, probably his last year there. And I think that's perfect for them. And I don't know. I'm guessing Nathan Brown still starts there, but I, th- yeah. I like those options. And you already know you've got a lot of edge forwards to figure out anyway. And it's been an issue for a while too, figuring that rotation out. And I just think Madison back in the middle, a bit of more ball playing off the bench as well through the middle. I think that's a really good change for them. And I hope yeah, it stays well, that it's way. funny we've got an excess of um, edge forwards this year, but we lose them all for 2023 to flick back to that. So Sean Lane, who knows? Um, They're all Ryan gone, Madison aren't they? Disappears. Sorry? They're all gone, hey, all of them. Yeah. Uh, Murata's gone, uh, Papalihi's gone. So suddenly we're looking for edge forwards, whereas this year we don't have enough spots for all of them. Um, and which might mean that maybe Brownie gets a spell. It doesn't play 80 every week and he and Maddo do a bit of interchange. I don't know, but we'll see. Yeah, It's like, I guess for me, there's a lot, I don't want to sound patronising. And I realise mm-hmm. that a lot of the time when people say things like this, it does come off that way. But I just think there's a lot, of good things to take out of how they performed last year, particularly towards the end of the season. And I, I, I just feel like they're a bit tougher now than they were a couple of years ago. And they're slightly more resilient when it comes to dealing with big moments and big games, as they showed last year by beating a couple of those big teams, not necessarily in the big games, but they did, you know, they did beat Melbourne and Penrith. So, but to me, I think people who are writing them off are being very silly and I would, I firmly do have them in my sort of second tier in terms of premiership chances, like below Roosters, Penrith and Storm being in the top tier. Yeah, I um, I think, and I don't know if they would admit this, but I always thought I was always scared for Moses and Gutho in big games. I was like, just mm-hmm. don't screw this up. And I imagine they went in with a similar mentality. I had that all over me mm-hmm. thinking of Moses in origin, but now if he somehow got another sky blue jersey and Nathan Cleary disappears... Um, I'd be like, no, no, he's got this. And so I don't know if my shift in mentality reflects his shift in mentality, but I just feel like they they have enough big game experience and they have a little bit of big game success now too. Um, to just, you know, those couple of wins over Melbourne, um, the big games against Penrith, they, they pulled out a pretty tough game against Newcastle, tougher than a lot of people expected. Uh, and they've, you know, been through the finals a few times now with, with wins and losses. Um, Look, I think they have enough big game experience. Look, sure, you'd like a bit more big game success, um, but I, I don't feel like they will be overawed um, by the occasion, which is certainly what I thought they would. I hope that I hope people don't mind me saying this. A couple of years ago, 
Gutho and Moses, I just I just thought they weren't ready. Um, but now there's there's a sense of calmness about the whole team. Junior Paulo's the same. Regan Campbell Gillard's been there and done that. I, I just think they're all a bit like, okay, this is what we do. And then all the youngsters are cocky as hell. So it's got a nice blend. You gotta get yeah, to I'm, a prelim. You gotta get I'm, to one uh, this year. <laughs> I'm much bigger on the Eels this year than I have been any year prior. I um yeah. I actually do think they're a premiership chance, which I haven't said in the last five years. I actually I think I think some other teams got worse. The other I I think some other teams got worse. I think they've stayed the same, but I also think we'll get some more out of some of those guys there. And I think things like Will Penasini, I think that's a, a great addition who's ready to, you know, make you know make a difference there. And I think the Dylan Brown career so far is the weirdest narrative. The every year it's different. Mm. And people were calling him the best young half in the game for two years. And now all of a sudden apparently he's shit. And it's all about on a number that doesn't matter. Like, two try assists. Yeah, no one. That doesn't fucking matter. It doesn't. Yeah. Like, well, he like, didn't get try assist uh, for ever. the first try on. <laughs> was it the first try? First try against Penrith. No, second try. Yeah. Uh, when... And but it was all him. He was the one who created the overlap. But yeah. he's not the final pass, so he doesn't Wait, get the it's, it's the the, the try assist stat is immensely flawed well, in a lot of ways. It also well, okay. like it also just doesn't matter that much when you have create like a, a playmaker at fullback, a playmaker at halfback, Hoodie and playmakers not super playmaker coach. at hooker. And not to mention forwards that can ball play a little bit. And so, like, you know, imagine it, like, 2014, I don't think Adam, Adam Reynolds had, like, two line break assists for the whole year. Who yeah. the fuck cares? We won the premiership because we had I Greg Inglis I and like... Luke Keary creating line breaks and Adam Reynolds kicking to the corners. And... Uh, look, I will say that Dylan Brown didn't have his best he, he season not. last year, and he admits that. He didn't have a stellar 2021 but he's certainly not as bad as everyone is. And is that's also like if, if Dylan Brown is the fourth best member of your spine, you're doing pretty well. You're doing yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. And like, you know what? It, sorry, Mitch. You know what he didn't, you. he didn't rubbish was his defense. He was still incredibly mm-hmm. solid in defense. And that is so underrated. People want the flashy. They want the NRL highlights um, like to come up on Twitter and Dylan Brown didn't feature because all he's doing is just try saving tackles and making cover tackles and being solid in defense. Mm-hmm. Well, there's no there's no stat on his player profile on NRL.com that says defense equals good, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. So people can look up and see. And the thing is, he had five tries this year before and the year prior. Those aren't good numbers either, and nobody cared. It was like two just being that number seemed to have really stuck out. But I'll mention other stuff. Like what you mentioned there, Mitch, about how he had the pass before the pass. Well, I've got mm-hmm. like the hockey assist number, essentially. Yep. And that's like a try involvement, not the combination of tries and assists, but the guy, the pass before the pass. And he was that 12 times last year for for tries and 14 times for line breaks. And nobody gives a shit because I it's not the, the number you can also, see. Also one of the highest teams in the NRL for scoring for their wingers, basically. Yeah. So if you're going two passes left or two passes right, well, it's not going to be Dylan Brown. It's going to be the centre or it's just going to be Blake Ferguson punching over a few people or Mike Acevo destroying... James Tedesco's will to live and Dylan Brown's not getting the try assist anyway. So yeah. And, and, and the funny thing is about too, Mitch is everybody was aware that Fergo wasn't scoring tries on the right side. We were aware the right side weren't scoring points. We were aware the Eagles left side score shitloads of points. And somehow we can't figure out that Dylan Brown has some part in that. Like, like they're like third or fourth in the competition of points on the left-hand side of the field. You know, that then obviously the, the Rabbitohs are the best at that. And then the storm were just after, just after them. And that there were one try on the down the left hand side behind the Panthers, mm. you know, like they score points out there, and Dylan Brown is involved in all of those shapes. And yeah, he didn't have his best season, he didn't, but it's just so weird that he went from 
everyone rating him as, as, a, as a prospect. And then one mediocre, not bad year, by the way. It wasn't like he was making mistakes every week. He wasn't losing Parramatta games. Just one year that he didn't stand out and people think he sucks now. I think it's bizarre. Like, and it's I think almost he's in for like, a good season. People forget because he came in halfway through, what would it be, 2019? But yeah. It's effectively second-year syndrome when you think about COVID. And it's just like, well, people are getting used to Dylan Brown. They're doing work on him. They're, you know, So he's got to rise to that next level. And he certainly knows that. And it's, look, I don't think there's an Eels fan in the world or at least a sane one who doesn't post on Facebook um, who is worried about Dylan Brown. Um, he's He is as solid as they come. And I think he will go to another level because he knows he needs to. Um, and it's not because he's bad at the current level. It's just because his, um, yeah, his projection is going to keep getting higher and higher. He's not there yet. And he'll just keep getting better. Yeah. And he's, he's younger than Lachlan Ilias, you know, the plucky upstart. Getting, yeah, yeah, yeah. Let's, know, let's not have Lachlan saying, Ilias. I'm not taking shots. I'm just saying we just, we've like put lines through Dylan Brown and then other people are like, oh, we'll see what this rookie's got. It's like, well, yeah, Dylan Brown's younger than him with more experience and has looked good. I believe yeah, he's so actually younger he's, than young Matt Moylan too, believe it or not. Yeah, that, that's not many younger than him, but, yeah. <laughs> but he might be. But I just think that spine's still set. And I, I really do think Will Penasini will, will have a strong year. I do like that Wanga Blake and Blake Ferguson being separated too, because that was just awkward for years. By <laughs> continents, as far as I'm yes, aware. By oh, continents, no, yes, I did see the redemption Blake Ferguson story today that said um, they haven't checked NRL teams if you'll come back this year. I was like, please, please, someone... Someone sign him just for the memes. Someone save us. Yeah, <laughs> um, so, all right, ladder prediction time. Yep. Um, uh, Mitchell, I have, uh, I'm assuming that we're going to, this is like last year where we had like 14 of the teams, like we were like one or two spots apart from another. Anyway, I have them finishing fourth. Yeah, I would have had them, I actually had them in my fourth and I, and I already thought it, and I just thought maybe they'll start a little slower without the, the wingers I mentioned. And those top four, it was so quality last year. I have them fifth, but it does feel like I have the... I don't know, even know if I've got a top tier anymore. I don't know if I put Storm and Penrith above the rest. I think I've got like five teams, and I think they're in that five that I think are contending. Mm. I got okay. them uh, for the record. Let's ask you, Mitch. So fourth, and how does the season end? Uh, I don't care who we play in the grand final, but I <laughs> think... Uh, I think it'll be Eels-Panthers. I don't think the Panthers have lost enough to doubt them uh, and they will just naturally get better because they're a young side. I think the Panthers and the Roosters are the two biggest threats uh, in the NRL outside of my own team. Um, But yeah, I'd say Eels-Panthers grand final, if not Eels-Roosters. Yeah, okay. Well, I mean, I don't know if I'd enjoy either of those because I I would... (laughs) South I'm in them, but uh, yeah, that's I would we, I would definitely be cheering for Parramatta, my beloved Parramatta Eels, in either of those matchups. I'm enjoying this, Matt Bungard. This is fun. Yeah, love the Eels, mate. <laughs> People too. They just needed, but they wanted to get some successful fans from the good teams to come and support their women's team, just to try and add a bit of that successful culture. Uh, I'm enjoying the, this bit less. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah you, this is like when this is like when this is like when they sign like Kevin Proctor for the Titans. They're like, I'll bring the Storm culture with it. No, I won't. Actually, I went back, uh, I'll remain nameless, but I went back to someone's 2020 season preview and, gee, there was a lot of people talking up the Titans in 2020. Am I doing that right? No, 2020. Well, it wasn't me, so I'm glad I know that much. Yeah, I don't think it was, was it me? 
no, no, it wasn't. So. It wasn't yeah, I wasn't working in sport then, so it's fine. No, no, it was the 2021. People were very hot on the Titans. Top mm. four, top five, top six sort of stuff. Bizarre behaviour. If the crime against rugby league, they made the finals with 10 wins. We should have just had seven teams. We should have just no, said... No, six teams. Newcastle shouldn't have made it either. Yeah, yeah, but at least they got to knock out the Roosters. Like, incredible. I just... Yeah. I had, I had money on the Roosters, so I didn't know which way to cheer, but uh, that was... They were the perfect PVL team. Unfortunately, their forward against was off by like three points, but that's what the Titans were. They were perfect for the, the rules last year. They could get smashed by 30 or win by 30. Yeah, what a time. <laughs> what a time. All right. Uh, Mitch, you got a Cumberland throw. Talk to the talk to the people about it. Uh, I uh, am just mostly on the tweets these days, a little bit on Facebook, but uh, we have a horde of people continuing to... Um, yeah, punch out information, training reports, NRLW now, previews. Uh, we just have interviews with people and players. If you're an Eels fan and you're not into the Cumberland throw, um, you either hate me personally or you haven't discovered us yet. Um, so make sure you get on to what if it's both? It could be both. I would like to say to listeners, um, and but not just patrons, but if you're thinking of becoming a patron, this is the best time to do it. The Culture Rank Cup starts in a week and a half's time with whatever whatever day this goes out, you know, next Thursday when the comp starts, tipping comp starts. We'll run you through it really quickly. Pick one team every week. There's a bunch of other rules. We'll put a little video up on Twitter explaining the rules. It's very simple to understand. The fact that I can put all the rules in a one-minute 30 Twitter video is, is shows you how simple and straightforward it is. It's a great time. The winner gets a Dave Taylor bobblehead and some other stuff as well. There'll be grandfather tickets, merch, other things involved. Um, so... Never been a better time to become a patron, and you can do that at patreon.com forward slash NRL Boom Rookies. And I would like to, before we get out of here, give a quick shout out to the people in the top two tiers of our Patreon subscription service. And they are, once I load this page, Dave, Carla Tyson, Rocky and Rafi, Stu, Wayne Ritchie, Anthony Anger, Ben Wallace, Butsy, Ken Beswick, Dan Carnay, Doc Hogg, an anonymous backer. Frankie, JSG, James K, Jason, Joel Wrigley, Josh Brandon, Lachlan Hancock, Leon, lifelong Dolphins fan, Maddie Jenkins, Matt Coleman, Matthew Duggan, Michael Murray, Morgan Watkins, my ding dong is hard and I am sad, never trendy, party keg, Razor, Reese Brown, Rowan Edwards, Roxanne Clark, Seymour Bites, Simo, Stephen Hickey, Schwartzy, Ty, the not so mature, student Thor Lakoff, Tom Hardy, and Was. Thank you so much for your support to everyone in the lower tiers and to everyone who just listens. Thank you as well. Mitch Clark, uh, how is your ding dong and sadness? levels uh yeah probably 50 50 at this stage but it is the weekend and there's a you know there's a week coming up let's see what happens fantastic and and you you wanted a preseason match by 36 nil that has Penrith fans wanting to have half their team cut so that is funny uh, it's actually (laughs) incredible a lot of people missing dylan edwards apparently look trial matches i remember remember a few years ago the eels smashed uh newcastle in a trial up in maitland 40 nil something like that we got the spoon that year so i'm very very mindful i mean the tigers got standing ovations last year we've all been about to say that yeah it's like we keep forgetting these things don't matter because they're all on tv this year like i've been Mm. disgraced by the coverage of the trials like we had vossi say there was two try of the year contenders in the dragons trial it's a trial (laughs) vossi they don't uh, count. Jack, 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 White, Jack White and threw two length of the field intercepts, and then he scored a try by running through Jake Tabojevic and got compared to Brad Fittler. So I was like, yes. Yeah. And then <laughs> compared and then, to Brad Fittler. And, yeah, and then Ennis in the Roosters game said he felt like the Tigers season was over if they didn't if they didn't win this trial. Like, what are you on well, about? But they, they are did, insane. They did though, so they're fine. So thank well, God. He, he said he said for the Roosters they were just trying things, but if the Tigers lost this, it was like yeah. what? 
<laughs> See, oh, I understand it's a official NRL Twitter account, like cold takes. People who yeah. either just quote commentators who said, remember when Bossy said that uh, yeah. Jack White was like Brad Fittler in the trial, like back in... Do you, do you listen to this podcast at all? <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's different. official, different. Like, it needs to be monitored. I do, I do yes. enjoy the cold takes, but it needs but, uh, to be sort of monitored and followed, surely. Oh, I'm yeah. still annoyed at the person who was running mole bets who stopped doing it. I'm mad at them still for well, being a coward and deleting the other ones we were tracking moles first try score bets. And they're like, if you oh, followed the mole, you would be losing like 700 units over the past two years. It was great. <laughs> other takes of the weekend so far include Brent Reed riding the Broncos off for losing mm-hmm. to the Windspoon favorites. Without uh, Ma- yep. Michael Shamas has put the Dragons in his eight on the back of yesterday. <laughs> and the back of them beating the South in his eight. And who's some other clown said that uh, Ben Hunt's playing like a $20 million man. He had a great game, but again, it's a trial match. Actually, so I can't believe did it. you see the combination of halves this year in the NRL? And then someone just said, you get two good halves, you make the top five, basically. Like you look at the, the list yeah. of teams Not with bad. two halves and everyone else has one guard. Reynolds... You know what I mean? You, yeah, you I, I again, I was pretty pro Reynolds. I think it's fair to say. Yeah, so, that's what I'm saying. Uh, yeah, look, I don't know. Hey, uh, Andrew John said today on the commentary that Lachlan Elias was uh, a long-term first-grade halfback, so that's good enough for me. So we also fine. said Luke Brooks was. Ah, da, 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 da. All right, thank you for coming on, Mitchell. Say goodbye, Mitchell. <laughs> that's one. That's me. Bye, bye. <laughs> See you, Doyle. Thanks, and boys. Say goodbye, Mitchell. Goodbye, Mitchell. And it's goodbye from me. <laughs>